Well, in Matthew, if you need to mind the Lord, you go ahead and do it. We're I'm enjoying our just had a couple lessons out of Matthew and uh, we got the leper cleansed and then the centurion who had faith to believe that all Jesus had to do was speak the word. And uh, that still is arresting my attention. But uh, tonight, maybe it's a little more what we're used to and down to verse number 14 of chapter 8, Matthew chapter 8, verse number 14. And when Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. Now, did you ever think of that about Peter? What it cost him to serve the Lord? That he had to say farewell for long periods of time to his wife? Um, we forget that a lot of times. It, it sometimes it will cost you. And Jesus is going to say later to the disciples that, you know, if any man loves your wife, your family, your parents, your children more than you love me, you're not worthy of me. And that's a little tough pill sometimes to swallow. But uh, I was reminded of that, what it cost Peter to serve the Lord. But she laid sick of a fever, and he, this is Jesus, touched her hand. and The fever left her. She arose and ministered unto them. Just two simple little verses. But uh, some wonderful things that happen. Jesus came into Peter's house. So that means Peter was gone long periods of time from the upkeep and maintenance of his house. Um, interesting. He must have had a capable wife. Every man that's blessed like a wife, like Peter had, that keeps things going when you're away, ought to say a big amen. Thank you, Jamie. Amen. For capable wives. Amen. Um, it cost Peter. And I'm not sure, but what some of these benefits of healing that accrued here to a mother-in-law were an honor to somebody who had given up family and home in order to follow Jesus. But Jesus came into Peter's house. And he saw his wife's mother. So Peter also had a mother-in-law. You know, some people think that Christians just don't have any of the issues that everybody else has. Well, the last I knew, Christians had mothers-in-law, right? Amen. And uh, it's always works better when they're a Christian and they're serving the Lord 
Michael, you'll be blessed. You get a Christian mother-in-law. I don't have somebody you get locked horns with and whatever else. Um, <clears throat> but that's not always the case where you have the sweet fellowship that uh, two people who have been born again and had the radical change of salvation. And uh, we just assume that that perhaps has come here to Peter's household, although the scriptures don't tell us anywhere directly that Peter's uh, wife was a child of God or that this mother-in-law became a child of God. But we certainly um, maybe can read in between the lines. The scripture doesn't say they weren't, so I think it's all right for us to assume that perhaps they too had come to put their faith in the Messiah. But uh, he had to deal with that, the absence from home, um, the natural uh, stretches of human relationships. But then the mother-in-law gets sick. Do good people get sick? Good people get sick, don't they? Good people get sick. Um, wow. We heard this recently. That uh, Somebody just thought all of the Christians who had gotten COVID were lacking in their faith. They had issues, no trust in God or whatever else. Well, the problem is that's just not so. Good people get sick. Now, we're headed for a country. I like the city Sister Mav reminds us about so often. We're headed to a city where there will be no more sickness. Hallelujah. No more sickness. And uh, oh, something else won't be there that I didn't uh, hit on earlier. No more mothers-in-law. Huh? Because there won't be any marriages. Nobody married in heaven. Right? And uh, Ellie's about to learn how much marriage will stretch you. <laughs> and God's going to give her grace, isn't he? To uh, deal with Michael and <laughs> but we're going to a land where those relationships do not exist. Some of those issues will never be talked about again. We'll never make a negative reference about a mother-in-law. We're just going to love everybody there and they're all going to love us. And we're just going to have a great time. Amen. But she did get sick and she was seriously sick uh, to the point of this heavy fever that was raging on her brow. Now, it is interesting here that uh, they don't ask to be healed. Remember what the lepers say. Lord, if thou wilt, or if you will, I can be made clean. So there was an asking. What the centurion say? My servant lies at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. But notice we don't get that here. 
And I love this happening because there are times when even the Bible says we don't know how to pray as we ought. I wish I always knew what to pray and when to pray and, and uh, spent more time in prayer and, and on and on we can go. But I love this story that lets us know that when we haven't asked, God still moves our direction. God is still interested in the cares that we uh, are concerned with and those things that would burden us. And from all appearances, here Jesus comes to understand that Peter's mother-in-law is laying on the bed with a sick fever. And it simply says he touches her hand. So we have a the, uh, mother-in-law's sickness. And here is then that uh, we call it so frequently the touch of the master's hand. Here comes Jesus. Just because he is not willing that any should perish. Because it is his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Huh? Because sometimes we don't know how to pray as we ought. And he moves anyway. Now, some of you may understand what I'm driving at. Have you been... Uh, on the highway, not praying for safety or asking the Lord, but uh, suddenly something happens and God just moves you out of the way and, and keeps you from being involved in the major accident. And that you know of, no one was praying specifically for you. But Jesus in love and mercy stepped in and changed the course of events. I am glad that I serve that kind of a God. He isn't on my little string and I have to yank it once in a while to get his attention and to get him to move my direction. There's just many times while we do learn how to pray are exhorted that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And uh, we should speak to the Lord about lots of things when we don't. Isn't it awesome that there are times that he just moves anyway? <laughs> I am so blessed by that thought that God loved her enough that though no one was asking, he reaches in and touches her hand. And what's it say? The fever left her. Huh? We'll kind of come back to that thought. The fever left her. But the third M, we had M&Ms back before Christmas. Right? All right, Sister Handled, right? We had M&Ms back before Christmas. So we have three M's here, and I don't have any M&Ms to give you tonight. But they got a new minister, a new servant, the mother-in-law that was healed. And I don't know what she did. Somebody suggested she jumped up and started frying chicken. Now that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Maybe she rolled out a pie. And uh, Brother Tom back here would be a chocolate pie, I guess. All right. Uh, strawberry cream pie for Sister Barbara. Larry, I don't know what your favorite pie is. You kind of said goodbye to sweets and I... I've lost you and whatever your favorite pie is. We make cherry pies for Chris up here. That's 
Is uh-huh. Apple pie is pretty good. Good. Somebody got one Sunday. Wonderful. Now, did it prove to be the caramel apple? Jeanette, what kind did? All right. She said it was. I, I just told them. I, I suppose it's probably Jeanette's famous caramel apple pie. Let me just throw this out to you. How long has it been since you baked somebody a pie? Wouldn't it be wonderful to come in here Sunday? It's Valentine's Sunday, right? No? It's a week from Sunday. All right. Well, I'll get, that gives you 10 days or, uh, notice, okay, if you need that. Wouldn't it be wonderful that just about 20 pies showed up back here? And we'd have a pie exchange. Wouldn't you like that? Sister Mev's in favor. Okay. I don't know about Shannon. I know her husband likes lemon pie real well. That's his favorite. And uh, we owe you one of those, Shannon. I have to get you one. But uh, anyway, let me just throw that out to you. Think about it. But I don't know what she did, but she jumped up and she did, did what uh, women uh, love to do, and that's stay busy. Go at them. And uh, she began to minister. There was company in the house. What do you do when company comes? Well, you start the kettle going, right? And, uh, you know, you just uh, get the flour bowl. And I don't know what kind they had back then. But I remember as a kid, this wasn't my mom's uh, uh, way of doing things. She had a, a Michigan, Central Ohio background. But uh, we had a lot of Southerners in our area from Tennessee and Kentucky. And they'd keep a big flour bowl just with a cloth thrown over the top of it, always ready to go. And they would put their eggs right in the middle of the flour and just scoop in whatever they needed to make whatever they were going to roll out right in the middle. And then they'd lift that out. The flour bowl just stayed ready the whole time. I just thought that was kind of cool. Maybe that's what happened here. It just says, the fever left her. She got up and ministered to them. She began to do what men love to do is eat. All you men could have said, amen. Your wife won't hit you in church, I don't think. <laughs> uh, but she began to minister to them. Oh, and Jesus received the benefit of that ministry. Peter would have received it. Other disciples, perhaps, who had decided to come along with him on that leg of the journey. But uh, the touch of the master's hand delivered her from fever. I just wanted to hear several stories tonight of what was your fever? Now, it probably wasn't a literal physical fever. I'm not talking about something that might have been a threat to you, either physically or, or spiritually. But Jesus came in and touched you and made the difference. And the fever left. And you were able to serve the Lord and Go again in ministry and, and uh, touch people. I thank the Lord for that. The many times that his hand has come and touched uh, the situation, the conditions that uh, were keeping me from uh, being in active service or ministry. And God just did the supernatural. So I don't know. I'm not going to say everybody has to. I'd like to hear from as many as we can. But we just start up here through the Hancocks and work our way back. And can you think of a time when Jesus just stepped in and touched a need 
and did a supernatural thing. And uh, you've never gotten over it, maybe. Let's stand together and sing praise God, praise God, to amazing grace and give him the glory. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise Father, we praise you for all of the times when your hand has just reached in, done the seeming impossible. You've reminded us again tonight that with God, nothing shall be impossible to him that believes. And thank you that you're doing that in our lives and for the faithful that are here and you're still drawing hearts to yourself. Continue to build your church, we pray, here at Trinity and around the world. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Give us safety as we go home tonight. Keep us under the blood. And we'll give you the praise. Amen. Amen. God bless you.